Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition, lift off, simplify, aim high. Go Falcon, go Dragon. T plus 30 seconds, Falcon 9 with the Crew Dragon capsule is heading east from pad 39A. Everything looking good right now. Welcome to Yolitix, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Wow, you know what, Jason? That is a sound we have not heard in a long time in this country. Yeah, it feels like it's just been forever. Uh, what you just heard, by the way, was a SpaceX rocket with the uh, Crew Dragon module on the top of it that's supposed to be carrying humans taking off on a test flight. That one didn't actually have any humans on it, though, uh, Jason. They've had to try to prove this thing. This is the follow to the space shuttle, which was uh, last flown on uh, July of 2011. It's been a long time since we have sent American astronauts from American soil to space. Nine years, Jason. And on Wednesday... American astronauts will leave on an American vehicle from American soil. What's different about this launch is that it's not a NASA paid for vehicle. NASA said after 2011, uh, hey, we're not going to invest years and years and, and, you know, endless money into building a vehicle. So they said, hey, let's put this out there. Which companies can create our next spacecraft? Mm -hmm. SpaceX stepped up. And Boeing stepped up. Both of them are have created spacecraft. SpaceX is done first. They're going to launch the first astronauts in nine years uh, on that. And these aren't astronauts. These are Texans who are going up. These are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, men who live in Houston, the Johnson Space Center. They're, they work there all the time, and they have uh, flown over to the, you know, to what Kennedy Space Center, Cape Kennedy, yeah. where they're about to, uh, you know, launch on Wednesday. And you know, Jason, uh, I, I'm I'm from Houston. You spent many many years working there. You covered NASA when you were in Houston. I used to cover uh, the launches when I worked in Florida. And uh, we're both space geeks, and so uh, and I think a lot of people are, and I think maybe a lot of people are, and they've just kind of forgotten it because the excitement went out of this when we send astronauts halfway around the world to you know fly with the Russians uh, and and spend a lot of money, by the way, to fly with the Russians since we weren't uh, sending up our own any. Anymore. And so this is a big day, uh, and uh, it's just about to happen this week, if all goes well. And so we reached out to the Johnson Space Center, which is going to be crucial for this. And going forward, uh, the Johnson Space Center, uh, boy, they're right back on the map again uh, handling these things. And we said, hey, is there somebody that would speak to us there? And they said, uh, how about the director 
And we're like, the director of what? The director of the whole Johnson Space Center. And we're like, <laughs> yes, he would do, actually. And so we've got him standing by here. Uh, this is the director of the Johnson Space Center, Mark Geyer. So, Mark, uh, it is, uh, it's been a long time coming. Right. You know, I, I was there. I was able to go for the last shuttle launch. Um, it was a great flight, as always. You know, shuttle, they did incredible work. Um, the astronauts again did a great job, but I remember thinking, okay, how long is it going to be? Um, and it was, um, even though both of these companies, you know, Boeing and SpaceX have been doing great work, it just takes a while to really develop safe, uh, uh, um, human transportation. And so, yeah, it's when you wondered how long it was going to be, did you ever dream it would be this long? Um, you know, uh, you try to be optimistic, um, but these things take time. And you look at the history of, of what it takes to build spacecraft, new spacecraft from nothing. It's not something you do overnight. So, Give us an, give us an idea of what it's like at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. This has been a long time coming, as Jason said. Are, is there a sense of excitement or is there a little, uh, you know, people a little upset that, that NASA didn't develop these vehicles for their astronauts? So that the, the you know, everybody is really, really excited um, about getting our astronauts up to space station using uh, United States companies to do that work. We, uh, you know, our partners in Russia are phenomenal and they have a great capability with the Soyuz and they've, we've been working with them to keep space station uh, crewed uh, since the shuttle stopped flying. But we all realize how important the station job is to, to, to get our people up there. Uh, and it's great now to be launching our folks, our NASA astronauts, uh, from the U.S. So there's a lot of excitement. You know, there's a lot of, um, I would say, a little stress because every time you're about to launch a new system for the first time with your crew, uh, it's very important that, that we've gotten gotten through all the testing and all the, the anomalies we've seen and everybody's comfortable um, that we've got the risk to the reasonable level. Um, and so that's a little, little tense and also excited. Um, but so, so it's you building. You said something there. Yeah, you said something there is very, very important, I think. And when I covered NASA, when I worked in Houston for eight years, it's something that I didn't realize. But you said when we get the risk to a reasonable level, there is risk in, in, in what you guys do every day. But explain that for people who might not understand, who might think, hey, you know, it's, it's still pretty safe, you know, when you, when you get on top of this, uh, this rocket here. <laughs> you have to get the risk to somewhere that everyone feels comfortable with. Right. You know, the safest thing to do is not go into space, right? We'll just, <laughs> right? We'll just sit on the ground and we'll talk about, we'll talk about exploring the solar system. But uh, in the end, and of course, we have, you know, over 50 years experience of putting people in space, but uh, every system is different. And fundamentally, you got to think about it takes a lot of energy to get a human body uh, up to the speeds needed to orbit the Earth. And so it takes a rocket. That rocket has a lot of fuel. It takes, you know, burning that fuel efficiently, efficiently but there's a lot of energy in that fuel and so you're all trying to focus it on getting to space. It's a reasonable risk. We know exploring the solar system is, uh, can change the world. We saw that with Apollo, and we believe our destiny is for humans to explore the solar system. And so, 
space station is a big part of that and getting our astronauts to space station is essential. So, uh, you know, it's part of what we do. You know, a lot of people think of the old shuttle days, and, and pretty much that was the game in town uh, with NASA. Uh, and I think that, you know, we've heard so many different vendors, we've heard so many different uh, capsule names and rocket names over these past several years. You all uh, at NASA actually have several different programs that are going at one time here now. Uh, and I saw an animation of what is supposed to happen uh, with this launch, and I saw some comments down below it uh, where people were saying, this looks like 1960 technology. This is a capsule. It goes up there. It comes and splashes down in the ocean, and it only goes to low Earth orbit. But it's important to note that this is one of several things that NASA is doing right now, including deep space missions and trying to return to Mars or trying to return to the yeah, Moon. Yeah, great to question. Mars. Um, so the um, yeah space station is 200 miles up, right? Uh, and so uh, that's called low Earth orbit. It's 200 miles straight up. Um, and that, that is the current human mission. And we've had astronauts on space station now for, um, 20 years continuously. So there've been Americans who were, uh, born, uh, that have never been alive when there wasn't an American in space. And that's because of the space station. So it's relatively close to earth still takes energy to get, to get it up there, but, um, to provide crew to a space station, you know, the capsule system. Uh, with the rocket and, and the landing system, landing in water or land, which, you know, we've, we've landed on water many times before, is all you need. You don't need more than you need to do this job. Now, I would say uh, both the SpaceX and the Boeing systems that are going to deliver our crews to station, the avionics, you know, is light years ahead of where we were in the 60s with Gemini and Mercury and those kind of things. So, um so they're advanced. But now, the great question, you go to the moon, right? It's a thousand times further. It's a lot further than low Earth orbit. And um, mm-hmm. so it takes a lot more energy. So if you look at uh, the space launch system and the uh, that's going to take the Orion capsule, and Orion's what we used to go to the moon, uh, you'll see that that rocket is a lot bigger than SpaceX's rocket or the Atlas that Boeing uses because it takes that much more energy, one, to get up to space and to push the capsule system to the moon. So uh, that's why they're different, very different systems. The rockets are, is much larger. Orion, which is the lunar uh, exploration capsule system, is built uh, with the safety systems and reliability you need going to the moon, because in the moon, you're right, you could be five days from coming home, where in your space station, you can get home in about 45 minutes. So yeah, wow. it is different. It is different. Uh, one thing we need to remember about the shuttle, um, the shuttle, which was an incredible machine, it had a huge cargo bay. And so we, we learned kind of how to live and work in space and deploy things. We built the space station with the shuttle. It was needed for that. Um, but that's not the mission of these two commercial crew capsules. Their, their job is not to build the space station. Space station exists. So that's the difference. In- well, d- d- Mark, just to lay out for our listeners one more time about the different crew crew capsules, Boeing is building the Starliner, which isn't quite ready to go yet, and SpaceX has the Crew Dragon. That's the capsule that's going to go on Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> for people who are trying to envision this as they listen to it, Mark, give us an idea of how big this capsule actually is, how many astronauts it could hold, even though only two are going up on Wednesday. Yeah, so you could... Um uh, that's that's another great question. You basically they're they're uh, hold four people, 
uh, and that's because both capsules, because that's the requirement for space station. You know, our, our goal is for the American, uh, launch systems to bring four people up, which brings the space station complement now to seven right now we're at six. Um, so that's why they're built for four. Um, it basically, you know, if I was to, uh, if you thought about it, let's say you took four chairs, you know, let's say, uh, a regular chair you might have in your dining room or something to put four chairs and, and recognize you got enough, enough room for your feet. Uh, and then you maybe, uh, double that size around you for stowage, you know, your suits and other things. Um, it's not much bigger than that. So if you got into a capsule like that, it's pretty, pretty tight. And the main reason is because more mass, uh, more volume rather, is heavier, and then you'd have to push it further. And these missions are very short, right? Uh, two day, two, three day max, you know. In fact, sometimes Soyuz will dock within uh, the same day of its launch and then eventually we'll get to that point with these commercial crew vehicles. So it doesn't have to be big. Hmm. Uh, also when you're in zero gravity, you can use the ceiling. So it actually adds volume that you wouldn't normally expect. So good point. <laughs> one big difference that you see with this one though, is compared to those older models way back when is that you don't see a gazillion knobs and switches and, and little monitors everywhere in there. Uh, it, it, it almost looks like they've got, you know, iPads or tablets uh, attached uh, to the panel in front of them. So it does look more high tech. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, so for, yeah, uh, there are, what you do is you put for critical systems that the crew needs to be able to activate in, let's say an emergency, there are simple, uh, buttons to do that. But then they also have, yeah, these iPads where they can put in um, other commands. Uh, and also, as I said before, the avionics is so advanced that actually they have, a, they have access to much more data than the Apollo crew might have. And you're right, if you look at the switches in Apollo, it's hundreds of switches. Now, if you look at Orion, which is our, our lunar vehicle, it's basically three displays, three screens, uh, and you're basically making selections and you can pull up procedures and all sorts of things. It gives the crew a lot more access to information for them to use as they're, as they're flying. So yeah, that's a big difference. Mark, that's incredible. So the crew is going to be Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley and Doug actually piloted what the last space shuttle fly. But I'm, I'm curious, you're, you're the head honcho at the Johnson Space Center. You're the big guy. So have you called these, did you call these guys in before they left for the uh, Cape and, uh, you know, give them a, a high five, pat on the back or <laughs> words of wisdom or anything like that? Well, so, um, yeah, these two guys, Bob and Doug, are, um, you know, they're perfect for this flight, right? This is a test flight kind of focus uh, for their first flight. Um, so both of these guys have a lot of experience, right, in the military and then also here, um with the shuttle flights, they have very, a lot of experience with NASA in general. So I have talked to them earlier and mostly at that time, you know, they, they really don't need pep talk from me. They, they're ready to go. <laughs> they are highly dedicated. A lot of that was, Hey, um, uh, this is my understanding of the issues that are coming up to launch. Um, and what are you guys seeing or what you might be worried about? And uh, we had that kind of a conversation, right? Which is good to get ready that they understand the management understands where they are. And we'll do, a, you know, I have the privilege that the L minus one, launch minus one day, we'll get a chance to go in there and just say, hey, thanks for what you're doing. We did that, we do that with all the crews. Um, 
uh, just a chance to, to say thanks and, uh, you know, good luck. And we're, we're all ready to go. So yeah, it's good to, good to stay in, con- in contact. Yeah. I think it's important to to not lose sight here that these two men are pioneers. I mean, this is a test flight uh, that they are going out on. Uh, But then, Mark, when this is done, if all goes well, uh, and this is kind of an unusual mission because they're going to go up there. Do we do we really even know how long the mission is at this point after they get to the International Space Station? Uh, But they're going to go up there. And if this all goes well, when they come back, uh, we could start seeing these things happen regularly if this uh, if this is certified exactly. by NASA. Exactly. You know, um, the, the long-term plan is that we will fly uh, these rotation flights every six months. So we'll swap out our crews of four every six months. And um, the beauty of this commercial crew program is we're going to have two providers. So we'll switch off, right? Uh, you know, we'll have a Boeing flight and a SpaceX flight. So that's the beauty of it. Um, the... Um, and so the next one uh, will probably be in the early fall. That's our hope. We call it Crew One. That'll be the next one. It'll be another SpaceX flight, uh, and we'll fly a, a crew of four on that one. So that'll be the beginning of kind of getting into this cadence, which will be really, really important for us. Uh, Bob and Doug, um, mm-hmm. they probably will stay a little bit longer. In fact, that's our plan. I mean, a little bit longer than just a test flight. You know, before uh, we thought they'd go up and down and we test out the systems but turns out since we're at the moment we have uh basically one american on board chris cassidy on board station today bob and doug will stay a little bit longer and um uh, bob is trained in uh, eva and so that gives a chance for maybe um for chris and bob to go outside do some evas while they're on station assuming everything works out right assuming the flight goes well uh, the crew's doing well, well we'll go we'll go put them to work uh, while they're up there for a little bit and then and then bring them down so and, and for our listeners the evas are the space walks Sorry. that they'll be doing are they going out there to, that's okay I, I i'm geeking out on the conversation anyway so thanks thanks for making time for us mark but these are the space walks so so they're going up there they're going up there to to what are they going to work on the solar arrays or, or what so yeah sorry it's called extravehicular activities basically you put on a space suit which is kind of a small spacecraft if you think about it right it has oxygen it keeps you mm-hmm. keeps your temperature at the right level um and and we had send the crews outside most of the time it's to do maintenance right it's to swap out things that are broken or to upgrade things and in this case we're going to be upgrading uh the batteries on space station we've been doing these gradually over time uh, if you remember, uh, last year we had the, all the spacewalks that did that. And in fact, uh, Jessica and Christina, who did, uh, you know, the first all-female EVA, they were doing battery battery swap outs. And so that's probably what we would have Bob, uh, Bob and Chris do. Uh, again, if the flight goes well and they have time, they'll go out and do some battery EVAs to swap out to upgraded batteries. Okay, so this launch is going to take uh, place from the launch pad there, 39A, there at Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. That's where the last shuttle flight took off from uh, way back in 2011. And, Mark, you know that so much of this is about, so much of NASA is about the public and, and the public being behind the space program. Will we expect to see images like we saw with those final shuttle missions where you all had these great HD cameras in all of these different places, including on the boosters, and we got to really have this up-close view of what happened the whole way uh, as it made its way up into orbit? 
And do you think that this rocket is going to be as spectacular as the shuttle was when it used to take off? Because I, I used to cover these when I worked in, in Miami, and I always said that it sounded like the sky was a big piece of fabric that was just being ripped apart. It was it, such an impressive thing to see. W- will it be the same as that, and will we get a real front-row seat yeah, so uh, with the first cameras? First of all, again, um, this is a smaller booster. shuttle was a large spacecraft, right, and it was lifting – big elements that were part of space station. So it took a much bigger booster. And in fact, had those two large solids, remember solid rockets on the side that really were part of that boom and the crackle that you would hear when it was launching. So the, 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 the feel, uh, won't be the same. It still sounds, it still sounds cool, but it's a smaller, right? It's less energy needed. Um, but I know, and if you, if you've watched the SpaceX launch, they have some great videos of the launch from the rocket of the separations of the stages. And I expect we'll have uh, pictures of the crew um, as they're going up. And certainly when they get to station, we'll watch, you know, the docking and then the crew coming through the hatch and everything else. And I know that they're working really hard to make sure that, that that's well broadcast. So I know that's a big part of what we're doing because it's important for people to say, Hey, this is, these are our guys. Uh, they're doing our mission. And, uh, and we're excited to see them there. So I know the I know the agency is working very hard to make sure the communications and the and the images uh, really bring really do that justice. Mark, my guess is there were quite a few astronauts down there in Houston who wanted this flight. Um, how did Bob and and Doug get this flight? Did they draw the right straw? Do you guys have a lottery or what? <laughs> well. So we have a we are really lucky to have a very highly talented um, set of astronauts. And so, gosh, I think it was three years ago, we kind of picked a cadre of people that would support the commercial crew program. And it was a set of people and they followed both. And, and we separated some say, you guys go follow SpaceX and you guys go follow Boeing. And then uh, not knowing really right who would be first and, and how it right. was all going to work out. But at some point, you need certain people to be trained to, you know, the systems because the systems are different. So we did that. And then um, then it was, I guess, almost two years ago, we did a, an actual rollout. Of, okay, these are the specific crews that are going to launch. And um, uh, and we actually, we actually named them, right? Here's the leads and the backups and all that kind of stuff for both Boeing and SpaceX. So... That's kind of, and all of those people are highly talented because again, it could have been, it could have been the guys flying the Boeing that would be first, but yeah, clearly Bob and Doug, you know, one, like I said, a lot of experience in flying, a lot of experience at NASA. Um, and they, they just have that flight test mentality, right? Understand the system, um, make sure we're ready, you know, focused on, this is a new system. This is a new system. So they're, they're awesome guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really appreciate them doing this for us and for the country. Well, you know, Houston is is known as Space City, and uh, and I just want to ask you how significant this is, because I think, you know, we can see from the outside that it's significant, but how significant is this for the Johnson Space Center, for Houston and the surrounding area, for Texas, uh, to be back in the business of doing this again? Yeah, the Kennedy <laughs> Space Center gets all the attention right now, because that's where the, the rocket takes off from and, and where they'll splash down again off the coast there. But how significant is significant is this for so Texas? So a couple of things. I think you you said it really well. The the mission 
uh, is supporting space station. Space station is a huge part of NASA's mission and it is run and, and basically all the, uh, the key parts of the space station are done here at JSC. So we are all about supporting space station. Uh, and so this mission enables space station to happen. So we're excited about that. Again, our Russian partners are awesome, but it's great now to be, be counting on uh, U.S. companies and U.S. capability. Uh, also, uh, like you said, it's just different when you launch from the United States, right? It's a different feel. Um, uh, and so that, yeah, it's bringing energy back into, hey, we're back in not just orbiting and doing space station work, which is hard, but back in the launch business. Uh, and, and the launch business involves a lot of centers, you know, Kennedy, Marshall and Johnson. Uh, we really feel like we're the spacecraft folks. And so getting in there and understanding and helping these companies with their spacecraft part has been really exciting and fun. And it's great to see it fly now. So, um, yeah, we're, it's worth, we're thrilled and uh, everybody is ready to go. You know, this virus, um, it's been difficult. Uh, when it happened in March, I was like, wow, are we, you know, this is real important to get this right. Can we do all the work we need to do and still launch in May with this virus going on? And the team has done an awesome job. We found a lot about, we can do a lot of this work remotely. Things look really good. So yeah, we're pumped. We're pumped. These astronauts can't train to go to space from their house, can they? No. <laughs> like the swimming pool or something like that? I mean, they've got to come in. To the... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And actually, for you, you... part of it, they had to go to Hawthorne, right? They had to fly to California, right? In the midst of all this stuff going on. So we worked really hard to keep them, you know, safe and, and separated. And yeah. uh, uh, But now, actually, SpaceX has a training capability here in Clear Lake. Eventually, it'll be on site at JSC. Um, so, really, we're... Will continue to be the home of crew training, regardless of which vehicle it is. Well, you mentioned in our conversation a couple of times now our Russian partners. For people who may not have followed the space program the past decade or so, ever since the space shuttle retired, the United States has been renting seats in the Soyuz capsule. Um, and I read that it's what ninety million dollars a seat is what it averages out to. That's 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 crazy. But hey, it's a seat to space, right? Um, but I, I'm curious, is, is that going to end now since we were going to have our own vehicles and maybe two vehicles? Yes. So, again, um, you know, we have over time with Space Station, we have helped each other. It's a partnership, right? We, we flew things for them on the shuttle. They could not fly. We flew crew members for them on the shuttle, even though they had a Soyuz when we had specific tasks. We helped them out. Um, uh, we've flown pieces for them uh, with the shuttle. So we've worked together in creating this incredible space station. And then in this case, yes, when we ran out of flight capability with the shuttle, uh, they had a capability and they were willing to, um, you know, basically uh, work with us and be our supplier for launches. Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot of money, but when it's the only game in town, you know, it's actually a pretty reasonable <laughs> what you're trying to think you can charge what you want right i mean you, you can although uh, really when you look at you, know, you look at the market um uh it's a good deal because there really is no other capability and so um but, but now mark now that we have our own vehicles though are we going to stop uh, the the regular renting of seats on the Soyuz? absolutely absolutely so we have our own now so we'll we'll be we'll be uh contracting with spacex and boeing to deliver our people so we won't do that with russia there is what we'll probably keep doing though is 
I think the, the wise thing to do with crew rotation is to mix the crews. So um, it, I think in the long run, it'll still be smart if we put an American on Soyuz and put a Russian on the U.S. vehicle so that if we have an issue with one system or not, both parts of the space station can be operated. In other words, the Russians will have a way to get to space on our stuff if something happens with theirs. And if something happens with ours, you know, schedules or other things, uh, we could fly on a Soyuz. So I think we're not going to pay anymore. It'll be it'll be a quid pro quo. They'll come here and we'll go there. We'll probably still hmm. have a mixed manifest at some point. But yeah, we're not renting anymore. We're not paying for the flight. So. Mark, I've been kind of surprised and and, and disappointed, uh, frankly, that we haven't seen a lot of coverage leading up to this. I mean, this is a this is a huge event uh, for this country to get back to space from our own soil again uh, for the first time in almost a decade. Um, you know, I guess, you know, a lot of us are, you know, so preoccupied right now with COVID-19, of course. Uh, as you well know, this this country uh, is divided in a lot of ways. How much how much do you think this country needs this again? We've seen before what the space program does for people in this country as far as giving people something to unite behind. How much do we need this? You know, uh, I think that is a great point. And we um, there's a part about human exploration that is about inspiration. Um, and I remember, I remember Apollo. I admit I'm old enough. I remember Apollo. I remember seeing the earth from the moon for the first time, right? Incredible, right? What, it just changes everybody's perception about the earth. So there's things like that that are intangible. I think, um, seeing Bob and Doug get on a vehicle, you know, that has, uh, it, it'll have SpaceX logo too, but it has NASA's logo. It has the American flag on it uh, that this country um, now now is creating actually two, two very, very powerful and effective systems to deliver Americans to space. I actually absolutely think, you know, here we are leading again. Here we are showing the world that uh, the United States has this capability uh, and, uh, I think it's really important and I'm hoping, you know, the, the funny thing is NASA has been putting out a lot of stuff cause I see it, right. We're part of this and it doesn't always get picked up. I really appreciate you guys asking the questions. They're great questions. Uh, I just think you're probably right. There's just so much else going on, right. That the people are more likely to click on because maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more, um, I don't know, emotional. I think when we see the launches though, and you actually see the smoke and fire from Florida, uh, I agree with you. I think this is really gonna be, get people's attention and it'll be a great day. Uh, return to the moon. NASA has said 2024, that's four years from now. Is that going to happen? Do you think we can keep close to that date? Well, a couple of things I would say, you know, we have, we absolutely have the rocket. We absolutely have the capsule system that can get people to the region of the moon. That's SLS and Orion, and those will be ready for sure. Uh, and that's because we invested in those a while ago. Um, the lander is the last big piece. You have to have a way to get from lunar orbit to the surface. Uh, and we just, just within the last month, uh, and it was delayed some from COVID because it's hard sometimes to get all these things done. Uh, we just awarded uh, the first phase to three different companies. So a couple of things, I think those, we need to get those turned on and it will require the budget that we've asked for, which I know, you know, this country has a lot of challenges. So uh, 
you know, uh, if we get the budget and these companies get rolling, I think we have the best shot at that. But clearly, um, you know, four years is actually, it sounds, it doesn't sound like very much time. And we just talked about what it took for Boeing and SpaceX to get commercial crew there. Right. And those teams, those teams have done an awesome job. So it'll be a real challenge. And I think the key will be what the budget looks like in the fall. How good do you feel about the safety systems uh, in this uh, in this uh, rocket and, and uh, the crew capsule here? And how confident are you that this thing takes off on Wednesday as it's scheduled to? You know, the, with the shuttle, that was a complex machine, and it seems like more often than not, it had um, to be delayed. Again, I think, I think the teams, so SpaceX is a great company. I feel that their team has done a really nice, really good job getting ready. I feel like the NASA team, uh, both the engineering safety and operations folks uh, have done a great job understanding and helping SpaceX work through the work through the challenges. But I believe we're headed towards saying this looks good to us right now. It's always always a risk. These things are not simple. Um, the beauty of the SpaceX system is they fly a similar rocket right on their cargo launches, and so they're getting a lot of experience with the rocket. Um, so that helps us. That gives us more confidence. So I think it looks. I think it looks really good. Um, again, we're going to check everything as we get close. Um, I had a. I had a comment. I wondered if you had a minute. I would just like to, to pull on something. Um, okay. The floor is yours. Yeah. You, you had a little. I asked a little bit about mm-hmm. um, how NASA felt working with these companies, and and what it and what it looked like. So I think it'd be good to to talk about that a little bit, you know, these missions, whether it's uh, dragon or, or Starliner, these are, these are uh, NASA missions. They're NASA government missions. They're missions to deliver our national a- uh, astronauts to space station. So uh, again, as I mentioned before, we've always had companies build the spacecraft. And so in this case, we are also having two companies build the spacecraft. The difference is that we decided to buy uh, delivery as a service rather than NASA wanted to buy a design, right? NASA wanted to drive every part of the design. That's what we used to do for low Earth orbit. Now we bought a service and of course we set requirements and we look, we look at all the details. So we believe that the crew will be safe, but that allows these companies, SpaceX and Boeing in this case, to own the design and to innovate uh, around uh, the 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 the, reach, the the box kind of that we give them, we give them more freedom, and that allows them to innovate in that, and allows them eventually that they could sell rides on the spacecraft to other play low Earth orbit or to other potentially um, private uh, orbiting spacecraft, and so NASA, and and that's that's part of this deal. We did not only to we bought this in a way, so not only we support space station, but we're creating companies and capabilities that they can now sell to other people. Um, and the beauty of it, it can create uh, a market in low earth orbit that's good for these companies and good for the United States because they, they have a lot of suppliers and they generate a lot of a need for technical expertise. But it all, also can reduce NASA's fixed costs, right? If they're flying a lot of flights for other people, then our costs go down for our individual flights. So anyway, this is the strategy. Uh, but it's definitely a NASA mission. When you see um, Demo 2 fly, you'll see the big NASA worm on the side of the rocket because you and I, as taxpayers, we paid for this flight. Um, and NASA's uh, managing this particular um, 
uh, strategy in this flight. So I think that's important for people to explain. I think sometimes people get confused about, is this a SpaceX flight? Is this a NASA flight? And the answer is yes. Um, it's a NASA flight. And this particular one's with SpaceX. SpaceX has done an awesome job uh, with their design. They're ready to go. It's a great company that's going to help the United States um, explore the solar system. And they're doing that with NASA, for NASA, for us as taxpayers. Uh, and doing a NASA mission. So I thought that might help. I know there's some, some confusion sometimes around that. No, that's a great point. And, and who knows, you know, what we see happen uh, tomorrow, who knows, maybe that will be, you know, we'll all be taking rides on uh, something similar someday. Uh, Mark, before I let you go, I have to look behind you there because we can see video of your office there at NASA. Uh, and it looks like you've got some baseballs up on the wall. And I was just wondering, are you an Astros no, fan by um, chance? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Cardinal no, fan. No, what? I, I, it's kind of a genetic thing. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's Ozzy Smith at the top, and then I have some some baseballs. I've been fortunate okay. enough to have autographs. So, so yeah, boy, I'm ready for the season to start, well, though. I'll tell you. Yeah, you you yeah. and Bob Bankins from Creve Corps, which is outside St. Louis. I'm sure you and the astronaut uh, Bob is going up on the mission. Have had quite a few Cardinals conversations <laughs> uh, over the years, huh? Maybe I'll go. Uh, hey, go uh, sorry. No, I was just going to tell you, thanks a lot, Mark. We're, we're all pulling for you and can't wait to see this, man. We could keep you here all day, but we think that you probably have other things to be doing right now. Uh, Mark, thank you very much for taking the time and uh, Godspeed with thank everything you, you all are doing. Thank you. Thanks for your interest and, uh, and hope to see you guys around. Appreciate it. That was Mark Geyer there, the director of the Johnson Space Center. It's fascinating to talk to this guy, considering what all's going on. He carved out time for Yolitics. I mean, who wouldn't, of course? Yeah, uh, we'll make sure to send him. <laughs> we'll make sure to send him some beer for uh, for his time. Well, you know, w- what, what's kind of cool about this whole thing is that you and I kind of grew up on the space shuttle. This yeah. big giant space truck with big cargo bay doors that would open up and you know dump out a satellite in space or. Uh, you know, parts of the uh, International Space Station. Did you have a toy one as a kid, Jason? Uh, do my kids have toys <laughs> right now still of the of the uh, space shuttle? But the new vehicle is a little capsule. It's like the old school, uh, you know, Apollo days. And this capsule is all they need to get up there, and they can send a separate rocket. Uh, with any of the you know supplies they need, they need and things like that. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, it's a lot simpler than the two solid rocket boosters, external fuel tank, and a vehicle on top of that. That yeah. was that was a mess. Well, I, I and I like his explanation for that, Jason. Uh, they're you know NASA's not just going for flash here. They're not going for uh, look at what we can build. Look how big of a rocket we can take off on. He said we use as much energy as we need to get there. And the thing is, we don't need these gigantic rockets just to go into low low Earth orbit. Now, you know when they you know try to go off to the moon again or to Mars or beyond or who knows what, then yeah, you might need those things then. But now you don't need those things. Uh, so I thought he made a good. Point point with that i also uh, i don't know if was that news to you that was news to me i hadn't uh, seen that anywhere when you asked him about the uh, hey are we going to stop these payments uh to the russians and not fly on their craft anymore and he gave a very definitive yes that's a big chunk of change that we're saving here yeah 
Uh, so that was a big takeaway as as well. And the fact that SpaceX, he says, is going to be putting a facility on Johnson Space Center property, which, again, tells you how important JSC is uh, to this whole thing. And, and so it's good to see, uh, you know, you, the Houston area, you know, you know Space City uh, back again. Yeah. So I think what we're going to see in, in the future. So SpaceX uh, has its Crew Dragon they're launching on Wednesday. Boeing is finishing its capsule. It's called the Starliner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be done soon. So I think what, we, what we'll likely see is kind of a ping-ponging back and forth. They'll have some crews training on the Boeing Starliner, as he said, mm-hmm. uh, and some crews training on, on the uh, Crew Dragon, which is built by SpaceX and Elon Musk. Yeah. At, at, the, at the end of the day, though, instead of one old clunky truck that was built back in the 80s, uh, the space shuttle, we're going to have two private vehicles and they're not only going to take astronauts trained by nasa but this is also going to open up space tourism Mm -hmm. and when we hear too about well you know we've been going to the space station for years what what else we're going to do there we have tang we already have (laughs) velcro What, what more do we need but they're also talking about going back to the moon okay yeah we went to the moon what 45 50 years ago right but the moon is a launching pad to make sure if that mission goes well Mars is still on the radar for 2050. That right. would be huge, Jason. Yeah. And and who knows, Jason, maybe we uh, will all get this chance to to go up, uh, you know, maybe even sooner than we think. I, I still have to see the cost on that come way down. Uh, but uh, I mean, this is this opens up this whole new uh, possibility uh, in the years ahead. And I think it's you know, um, there may be some criticisms for for NASA going with two different systems uh, to launch into low Earth orbit here. Uh, b- but I think it's smart. I mean, what if you have a, a, a design problem with one that is revealed later on? You know, God forbid, if we you know were to see another problem, uh, you still have the other. That's a totally different system. I, I, I think it's a smart way to go. No question, it's a smart way to go. And, and the fact that I think you brought it up um, that this is something we we need right now. We're in a, a blazing hot political year. You can't get on Twitter. I can't get on Twitter without no. being yelled at from one side or the other. <laughs> Um, but this this is something that, that is good for us to pause and to rally around to see what this country did. There's no yeah. R or D on the side of those uh, of, of these rockets here. You're right. Uh, you know what? I think they need to schedule the second one for like November 2nd of this year <laughs> if they could pull that off. You know, maybe that might help everybody right. to just calm down a little bit going in. Uh, last thing I have to say about this, though, uh, he he said a lot of things there. I think he made some real news uh, in this podcast as well. Uh, but I am blown away that Mark Geyer, the director of the Johnson Space Center in Houston, who works with astronauts all the time, is a huge baseball fan and it's the cardinals it would be so easy astros come on man the cardinals uh, uh, that's that's a given i know yeah so we did a a zoom call with him but we you know are only using obviously the audio we like to see the people we talk to but he had those baseballs back there i was i was pretty shocked at that now i will say having lived in uh st louis before i moved to texas 20 years ago I can see the allure. I mean, the Cardinals games when I went to them were pretty fun. Mm. I still prefer the the Strohs or the Rangers. 
uh, to the Cardinals. A lot of uh, longtime Astros fans, they don't like to hear that, and they sure don't like to hear uh, of this little shrine to Ozzie Smith, of all people. (laughs) He was brutal against the Astros. No, but, you know, what a great guy uh, Mark was uh, to, you know, give us all that time. He's a little busy right now. It was really nice for him to take all that time, and uh, seems like a real down-to-earth guy, uh, and has been with NASA for eons uh, through all their different programs since, like, 1990, so he's seen a lot of things happen over the years and uh he kind of sounds like a kid uh getting ready for this one you know so you know it gets into it gets into all of us you know it, it kind of animates you to see this happening again he'll be uh down at cape canaveral we'll be watching we hope you'll be watching too you'll be able to find uh, a live stream you know wherever you, you you get your news we hope you can watch it through uh you know twitter through yolitics uh uh, WFAA.com we'll, we'll have it on there as well too there'll be a lot of ways to see it take some time out and, and watch this and let's uh, cross our fingers say a prayer whatever you want to do for these two astronauts these two men who live in Texas about to launch on this historic flight yeah, uh, and, on Wednesday and get those kiddos to watch it too you know I remember them rounding us up in the library when I was in school to see the shuttle launches and you know maybe it gets you interested in, yeah. in, in a new career in science you know in those STEM, yeah. those STEM subjects no, no doubt. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Yaltics, and we will see you uh, next episode. Next Tuesday is our next release. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, go ahead and take the time. Hit the subscribe button on there. Leave us feedback as well, too. We always love to, uh, to hear what you think about the podcast. And tell everybody you know uh, to do it as well. Bug them. Put it on your pages. Post this. Share this. We'll see you again <laughs> next week.